Hi, everybody. Today, we're going to be speaking with Daniel Disney. He is a, a social selling expert. He has uh, started the, the LinkedIn group called uh, Daily Sales, which has hundreds of thousands of followers. He's a salesperson uh, himself uh, through and through. He's been at a lot of different companies and, and selling all, all his life. And he's going to be sharing with us why, why it is so important for an early stage startup to be social selling. We're going to be talking about uh, tips on content creation, making your own content more user-friendly and algorithm-friendly. As you know, algorithms are very important for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all these different uh, social media groups so that they're going to show your content more often um, and increase your reach. We're going to be talking about how, how often should you be posting and what times. Um, it, basically, a full-on guide onto social selling. So it's going to be a really great episode, and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, before we jump into the episode, I wanted to tell you guys about these uh, online workshops I put together. These are going to be weekly group sessions uh, where we meet once a week and go over different topics and help each other out with uh, real problems that you're having uh, for your company and your sales. So we split the workshops into two. The first one is for salespeople and founders, and it's for sales skills, how to handle different objections that you're getting, how to run your demo and how to operate your demo um, so that you're getting uh, more momentum from, from it. The other one is for founders only, and this is to be building sales processes, uh, working on your go-to-market strategy, hiring a sales team. Both of these are going to be great workshops for you to be uh, part of and to learn from and help each other out in the community. And if you want more information, you could just go to startupsales.io backslash mastermind. That's startupsales.io backslash mastermind. Or you could email us at adam at startupsales.io. So really looking forward to this uh, episode with Daniel. Uh, Next week, we're going to be speaking with Jim, who's a cybersecurity expert. He's been working in cybersecurity uh, companies for a very long time. And he's going to be talking about how, how to start selling as an early stage startup into a community with giants. Um, and also how to work with an overseas sales team. As many, many early companies are, are building their team either in America or in Europe and how to operate that, how to make that work together. So it's going to be a really great episode, and I hope you enjoy that one next week as well. Let's get started with Daniel Disney. Startup Sales is a podcast about what it's really like to get a business off the ground. We talk with founders, CEOs, and sales VPs from the high-tech market. You'll learn how to build and scale a sales team. You'll also hear about the growth challenges and tough decisions from others who have had both successes and failures. And now, your host of the Startup Sales Podcast, Adam Springer. Daniel, thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Excited to, uh, to be talking to you today. Lovely. Um, for those of you that don't know who you are, I mean, you have quite a large following, but those, those that don't know who you are, can you uh, introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, of course. So um, my name is Dan Disney, no relation to Walt Disney. Thought I'd uh, clear that up in case that comes up in a question later. Um, I'm a salesperson who has sort of embraced social over the last few years. I run a company called Daily Sales. 
which has nearly 350,000 followers uh, and growing by about 5,000 a day. Um, and myself, I, I focus very heavily on helping salespeople leverage social media, uh, social selling to, to sort of enhance uh, the way they sell. Wow, that's terrific. And you're also uh, a speaker and you coach, uh, coach people as well, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I've, um, yeah, started to speak internationally now, which is really exciting. Um, and yeah, I'm just passionate about trying to help salespeople, businesses, people in general in as many ways as possible. And whether it's on stage speaking in front of, um, you know, hundreds or one-to-one in, in coaching or training sessions, you know, my, my goal is very simple. I just want to help salespeople and businesses either learn to sell or learn how to leverage social media to, to sell. Yeah. How do I, you have three, uh, like we just said, you have 350,000 uh, followers on, on LinkedIn alone uh, for the daily sales. How did you get started with that? Um, yeah, so about three and a half years ago, I started to see content on LinkedIn for salespeople. There were some great blogs. Um, you know, video didn't really exist on LinkedIn back then, but there were some posts and things. And it started to sort of, I, I started to learn quite a lot from them. I found them really interesting, but there wasn't a lot of it. And it wasn't in any central location. It was, you know, if you followed the right people, you would, you know, be able to, to sort of gain access to the, the, those sort of forms of content. And um, yeah, I just thought, you know what, it would be great as a salesperson myself, you know, I would love to have a set place where I could go every day and there would be great content, consistent content, mixed varieties to help entertain, educate and inspire salespeople. Because you work in sales, it's tough. <laughs> every day is tough. And, you know, to have something that makes you laugh or some tip that sort of makes you think, yep, do you know what, that's going to help me close that deal. You know, that, that was the sort of inspiration. Um, behind it and uh yeah i think i was sat on the sofa one evening thinking about it and the name the daily sales popped into my head and next thing you know i've got all the social pages created in a website and it was just a hard graft of, of sort of building an audience and creating content to, to keep them happy i i see your content every day <laughs> sometimes multiple times a day i i, I could really tell that you're uh, you're british because the humor comes out in in what you're posting <laughs> You're the first person to ever say that. That's really interesting to hear. Oh, really? I mean, obviously, I probably don't notice it myself, but it's funny actually. You're the first person to say that. I like that. Yeah, because it's it's a little bit um, always looking at the a little cynical sometimes as far as like the sales sales side and the sales uh, <laughs> what we salespeople have to go through. <laughs> I'm going to have to get some more uh, international contributions then to see the different styles of sales <laughs> okay. out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what, uh, what benefits come from social selling uh, from this form of communication versus uh, traditional forms? Yeah, I mean, the, the first thing is, it's not so much a versus, it's you don't have to choose which one you use, the, the messages very clearly use all the platforms. And I guess the way I like to try and explain it is that everyone has different preferences of communication now, we just have different choices. Some people prefer to use the phone, some people prefer to answer calls, make calls, etc. Others prefer to engage via email. And what we now have is people engaging via social media. So it's, it's just a way of reaching more people and different people that perhaps you wouldn't be able to get through where you're just using those those other tools so like me personally and i've got 
10 years history making and training cold calling as a buyer or consumer, I don't really answer cold calls. So if you were trying to sell to me and you were trying to to ring me, uh, if you were lucky enough to find my phone number, I'm probably not going to answer it if it's an unknown number, but use things like social and, and email, then you're far more likely to engage me in a conversation again as a, as a buyer. It's, we're all different. Um, it's about using all the tools and, and social is now a very powerful part of that. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, if I was an early stage tech startup, uh, business to business startup, how would I start to utilize it for my company, uh, social selling? Yeah. Key thing, probably if I was to, to look at a startup business, the key thing is to look at personal brand, whether it's the owner, whether it's the person who's running sales or working within sales. It's about building those personal brands. Personal brands are where we as individuals can really start to connect with our buyers and prospects and equally amplify the business brand. But the beauty of social media, we're all as as buyers and consumers getting quite switched off to, to the sort of corporate marketing content, that constant advertisement that is very pushy and often quite aggressive. Whereas with social selling and, and building a personal brand, you're just talking to people on a personal level. And we all know people buy from people. And that's where social selling really helps salespeople and, and business owners, entrepreneurs show their personal sides, make those personal connections that are far more encouraging at generating sales than here's my product, here's its price, do you want to buy it? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always speaking with the marketing department of, of my company and always telling them that like this is, this is great marketing material, but it's not good sales material because you're speaking very high level funnel. I want to be speaking to the prospect. And uh, I think what you just said is, is key is speak to them in a, in a manner that's that works, that, uh, that people are accepting of it and not cutting through the bullshit uh, and not, not selling so much as, for, as far as providing value. Well, that's it. Show, show them that you're a human being. Um, you know, there are a lot of salespeople out there just trying to sell something and people are more likely to buy from the human being who's trying to help them either solve their problems or, or help them in, in some form. And again, that's how you leverage it. You know, it's the same... Salespeople use the phone, email, social media in one of two ways. Either they're pushy with it and they're just making spam calls, sending spam emails, or even on social media, sending spam messages. Um, or you get those that are generally creating content of value and trying to find the right people to connect to, to, to sort of try and identify problems and you know, use it the right way. And it's a, it's a you know, powerful tool. Absolutely. <clears throat> How can how can a sales if a business is doing this the the social selling aspect? How can the salespeople work together uh, with the business uh, on that? Yeah, and that's it's a really crucial. It's a great question. A really crucial part of it because as salespeople, we are hopefully good at selling, but that doesn't mean we're product experts. We're not going to know as much about the product as the developers or even the owners in some instances, and so. You know, there's a lot the business needs to do to help provide that expertise. Again, as consumers and buyers, we our demand for information is so much higher now because we can already find out so much online anyway. Our need for information is higher level, you know, amount of information that is often very challenging for salespeople to be able to, you know, have. Uh, you know, they should be good at spelling, uh, selling. They don't need to be experts, but as a business, if you can help 
bring that expertise to them, whether it's through content, whether it's through providing insights or even silly things like it could be podcasts or webinars, ways that you can use that knowledge and expertise to give value. That's how the sort of business and sales can come together. And I guess the third component, like you said, is, is marketing. It's providing that next level creativity when it comes to content. I think there's a lot of value in authentic salesperson generated content, but actually, you know, with marketing departments input and help to create, you know, even better engaging content to, to throw in there as well, then you've got the, the ultimate mix. Yeah. Do you, do you recommend that like if a company is going to be doing, uh, doing more social selling and becoming more active with this, that they put a person behind it, uh, representing the company or be pushing the content out there as the company itself? Yeah, I get asked that question quite a lot, actually. My, my answer is always the same. Um, social selling should ultimately be done by everyone in the business. If you can have everyone or as many people as possible utilizing social on a regular basis, you will help grow the brand, go, you know, grow the reputation. It could be someone in, in accounting. It could be the operations manager. You know, if they've got a presence on social, they will connect and build an audience relevant to them that will help drive in opportunities for the business. So ultimately, everyone really should be using it as much as possible. But what I would say and what you kind of, you know, alluding to there is, yes, there should usually be at least one champion and someone who can help drive it. And especially within the sales team department, there should be someone who's, and you'll always, pretty much always get someone who's either got an interest in it or a knack with it that gels to it, at least with one person, they can lead by example and help, you know, just bring the team along. Because for a lot of people, especially salespeople, and I speak from experience, I'm not a content creator before, you know, using LinkedIn. I've never written a blog before. I've never created content, images, anything like that. And, you know, it's, it's a hard process learning that as, you know, like I said, my skills were very much sales orientated. So if you've got someone who can help sort of hold the hands and support those through that process, it makes it a lot easier. So what are some of the content creation tips that you have? Uh, practice. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I looked back at my first ever blogs. I've written about probably nearly 250 blogs now. And I looked at the first one and pretty much everything I train people to do now when it comes to blogging is the opposite of what I did in my very first blog. So um, practice, you know, does make perfect. The more you do, you kind of, you know, I learned the hard way from trial and error, but I guess my top tips are take take time, do it properly. Um, make sure it's subjects you're genuinely either interested in or passionate about. If you're forcing content out there, it's pretty visible. Whereas if it is something you are driven by, you've cited by, or you, you know, like you said, you're passionate about, then that filters through the the content, and that's going to help connect you, you know, far better with the uh, with the person on the other side. Um, and just look around you. I, I always use the the really nerdy reference to the Matrix, where uh, Neo finally gets it, and then he sees all the numbers around him because he sees the the Matrix. And before entering this world of social selling, I didn't know what content was. Whereas now, everything around me is literally content. So you know, you are surrounded with great opportunities for content. It could be a phone call you've just had with your client. It could be song you heard on the radio the book you're reading or the conversation you had with your manager little stories little things that just spark something in you often make the best content i read in uh, tim ferris's book uh about uh, uh one of the ways to get create 
to get your creative mind working is to every day write down a list of 10 things. And it doesn't matter what the list is, like 10 things you want to do the next day, 10 ideas to start a business and just write it down. And it doesn't matter how stupid it sounds or how ridiculous it is. Just write it down as quickly as, the, as you can. And then next to it afterwards, write the first step to each one uh, to take to, to accomplish that. And if you do that every day, you're going to start to be able to learn. Your creative mind will start to act uh, and get that content out if you're going to do it in content or get those ideas out as well. So it's, I really like that. That's really good. Yeah. I, I've, I've been starting to, to do that now. So it's really nice. Um, you said earlier that, and last question, that you were looking back at your earlier blog posts and you saw the things that you were doing that you're, not, that you're teaching not to do now. What are those things? Uh, it's, it's, it's actually really simple things like the image you choose when you're writing a blog, so the, the sort of image that a person sees. Um, you know, back in my first blogs, they were pixelated, terrible images. Um, so actually creating or, or finding the, the right images, the, the right pixelation that look clear and crisp. Um, and then trying to draw people in as much as possible. That was the first thing. Next was the title. So again, my early blogs didn't have the most exciting titles, um, whereas now, Two, two, three things I, I start off when I create blogs now is the idea. So first, it's the inspiration. What is the idea? What am I trying to say? Then it's trying to create the title. So I'll try and find the most catchy, engaging title possible. Because again, you know, we judge blogs by their titles and pictures. We will choose to click on it if it really screams out to us. So getting that image and title right is the difference between someone reading your blog or someone not reading your blog. And I've seen amazing blogs that were written but their titles were terrible. So no one was reading them. And actually just subtle changes to that can have a huge impact. So image, title, and then the general layout of a blog for me is, is, is quite crucial. So trying to make it as engaging in the story, pick up the sentences and paragraphs as much as possible. I always like to, when I teach people how to do this, I always get them to think about how you scroll through social media and it's the same when you're reading something you're scrolling to read it so if you can make it and break it up as much as possible it becomes far easier to read as you're scrolling and you're more likely to get people reading all the way through which is obviously the, the old so what by putting like um bullet points or lots of uh headings things like that Exactly that, yeah. Bullet points, some clear spaces, make some text bold, add links in, really try and break up could be images or quotes or videos. Just break it up nicely so that it flows. And it, again, just try and make it as engaging as possible. It's like telling a story. When you tell a story, you know, you want to use body language, you want to try and take people on a journey with your voice and your tone and your presence. And it's the same thing when you're when they're reading it. You want to, again, try and take them from, from A to Z in, in the best way possible. Yeah. And then the, the headline, are you kind of more using like a clickbait where like a question that like was really getting their attention and they want to learn more? Uh, or are you having more of dis, a descriptive, dis, descriptive uh, headline? Yeah, clickbait's an interesting one. So I will... I probably, I, I think I sort of teach on the balance of clickbait. So I'll use some titles that are purposely controversial, but I won't use a title that is of no relevance or mm. are not backing up in some form. So I think some people use clickbait the wrong way where they'll just do it to bring people in. And actually there's no relevance to the title whatsoever. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, use your words carefully. I think for me, it's just trying to make it as clear and concise as possible, as simple. And again, you know, it's trying, and that can be one of the most challenging things. You might have a really great idea and trying to shorten it down into as fewer words as possible um, because people will literally read just a, a short amount of words and make a, a judgment whether they're going to click open. Um, but yeah, I think doing some controversial subjects, doing some slightly clickbait themed subjects are okay, but it's got to be balanced with other content. Um, you can't always have viral posts. So, you know, having a controversial post in between 10 or 20 just, you know, value giving posts balances it out quite nicely. Okay. All right. So have a nice value, uh, like uh, deliver a lot of value, then have something that's really going to be viral uh, and then a lot more value viral. Okay. You're, most of your audience is on LinkedIn, correct? Correct. Uh, why is that? Um, do you know what? I, uh, when I look at people who leverage social media, it does seem to be that different people leverage to different platforms. So I would personally, I do personally struggle to do the same uh, generate the same results on Facebook or Twitter or, or Instagram. So for me, I think LinkedIn, for a variety of reasons, I'm sure, just suits me better, just works better for me. And so, yeah, A, it's been the best platform for me to use in the B2B sales space. Um, and I guess I just immersed myself in it. It just suited, yeah, everything about me personally. I see people that are great at leveraging Facebook and various reasons, the industry, their personalities, etc., suit those platforms better and the forms of content and engagement required to be successful in it. Um, but for me, I guess my experience in the B2B space, my experience in sales, uh, and obviously what I was selling and, and I'm selling now is very much, uh, you know, well suited to, to LinkedIn. Okay. And you see a lot of, uh, you know, if you're to go Google and how to start social media networking and, and getting your name out there, creating a brand, you start to see a lot about, um, about how their the LinkedIn, uh, ranks you and will keep your posts up and things like that. Have you, have you had to deal with that? Have you had to come across that? Yeah. So, I mean, everything I've achieved on, on LinkedIn um, is organic. I've never paid for, for any boosts or anything like that. It's all been organic. And at the core of that, I see a lot of people going out there and saying, this is dead, writing blogs is dead, or joining groups is dead. And, you know, I, I even heard someone recently say, sharing images on LinkedIn is dead. But with all of it, none of it's dead. It's just about creating good content. Now, LinkedIn has an algorithm. It will boost different forms of content. And they're not always as transparent with, you know, where it currently is and what it's currently doing. But from experience, um, when I started using LinkedIn just over three years ago, blogs were the big thing, posts. And, you know, Pulse was much bigger than it is now. And LinkedIn really pushed blogs out there to wider audiences. So, if you wanted to utilize it, that was where you had to go. Whereas now you're looking more at the long written statuses um, and video is just starting to be boosted a little bit. Uh, it's not getting the full algorithm push. You can see that in the numbers, but it's grown since it was launched last November. And I think next year, I think they've obviously had to spend a lot of time getting the system used to it. Uh, you know, my opinion is next year, it will be one of the things they really boost and they'll encourage a lot more customers to create video content to really maximize uh, reach and engagement. So if I was a new, new business, uh, early stage startup, how would I begin? 
With video or with LinkedIn? Both with the whole social selling, because uh, as you just <laughs> said, it's you got to do a little bit of blog, you got to go do a little bit of this. It's a little bit of everything. So Very true. I could be. I don't want to be overwhelmed. Where would I start? <laughs> Best place to start is with your profile. And that is honestly one of the first things people ignore is their profile. They'll fill it in like their CV as quick as possible and get on with everything else. But that is as important as your website. That is going to be the place that most of the traffic that you generate through connecting, through content, they're all going to go back to your profile. So number one place for any startup, entrepreneur, anyone out there, create a good, strong LinkedIn profile. It is your digital presence. It is your digital brand. It needs to reflect how you want to be seen to your customers. So. Profile, 100%, most important place to start. Once you've laid those foundations, then it's a case of growing your personal brand, uh, growing your audience, and creating content. Um, and you know the content's probably the hardest part. So like I said earlier, practice, experiment, try and be creative. Look for genuine, genuinely driven ways to communicate messages. It's not about advertising. It's not about just standing there or putting in posts these are our latest offers. This is what we're doing. Me, 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 me. It's about trying to provide things that are of value to your prospective customer, things that they're going to find useful, that they then look at you, see you as a trustable, credible source where you can leverage that to build relationships and, and ultimately identify sales opportunities. Yeah, I think that's great. And a lot of the old school marketers are, are going to have trouble with that one. <laughs> <laughs> not, not speaking about me, not speaking about the company, 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 delivering the good value. It's, it's, key. it's, it's tough and it's, it's a tough transition. Again, salespeople, we go into autopilot. So when we either are presented with a prospect or we're presented on social media, our autopilot, just like the wrong way to sell the pen is, here's this pen, here's why it's so amazing, here's all the features and benefits. And we just vomit our products and services onto whoever uh, will give us the time <laughs> of day to do so. And it's, it, it, it doesn't work. And it's the same in you know, face-to-face sales. It's the same with sort of social sales. It's, it's about genuinely making connections, you are far more likely to, to earn trust, to, to win business and win long-term customers if you do it the right way over the uh, older style of selling. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'm always trying to teach my team to, to be more of a consultant. Look at yourself as a consultant and not as a salesperson. And I think this is, this is key in any modern day uh, salesperson or sales leader is, is under that oppression. Good. Uh, how often should you be posting and putting new content out there? Yeah, again, another question I'm, I'm asked quite a lot. And my advice to a lot of people is probably once to twice a week in the, in the first instance. That's how I started. Uh, one or two posts a week and one might be a blog, one might just be a post or a photo or a video. Um, but once or twice a week is, is great for the start. And it will the demand and need for content will pick up as your audience grows and your personal brand grows. So the daily sales started with one to two posts uh, a week, and then it started to go to one every day. And now it's at five a day. Um, you know, as the audience grows, the need for content, um, you know, continues. And so to keep growth going, you know, you need to meet that demand. But yeah, certainly in the early instances, and certainly for a startup or an entrepreneur, you know, at least one to two posts a, a week. And Probably at the at the maximum one a day be more than enough. Um, just connect with people to what you're doing, and it could be here's a book I'm going to recommend, or you know 
here's a story of something that happened to me today, or here's a story from something that happened to me in the past that I think is relevant and I learned a lot from, you know, help build relationships through social, show people you and your authentic self. And um, yeah, bit by bit, A, you'll get better at creating content, but you'll take people along that journey and you'll help bring them into your sort of social family as such. Yeah. You, you mentioned that there, was, there starts to become a demand and a need for more content. How do you, how do you feel that? How do you feel that there's more demand uh, based off the amount of followers you have? Yeah, so you you want to it's, it's it's to drive continued growth. If you are just putting out the same amount of content, um, you know your growth limit will cap. The more content you put out, the more engagement you're going to get. As, as long as it's good content, so the more likes, the more comments, the more shares, the more it's going out, the more people it's reaching, the more people you're driving back to you. Uh, obviously, there's a ceiling. There will be a point where it's too much content, um, but it just helps accelerate growth. Okay. And we kind of touched on this earlier, what the best kind of content is, but is there something that you found that gets the most engagement uh, recently, not over the last three years? Yeah, recently, I think LinkedIn's starting to become a lot more Facebook. Um, so I laugh because the content that seems to be doing the best at the moment is often the almost Facebook style posts, whether it's really silly videos, whether it's your over inspirational style videos um but it does well when it's attached to a good professional message um not just shared on its own so i think content like that's doing really well long posts so mini stories in in sort of an update form uh, they do really well um blogs do still do really well if you get it right and try and make it as valuable and insight driven as possible. The blogs that tend to do the best at the moment are the ones that have real data or real insight, not just opinion. Mm. Um, and yeah, the, the last piece is the personal stuff. So, you know, I find now it could be a picture of me somewhere on stage. It could be a picture of me in an airplane, for example, but taking people on that journey, you know, connects really well because people enjoy following um, your individual journey. And I do, I, I enjoy following, you know, the people I enjoy following and I enjoy their journeys. Um, you know, it's, it just stands out a lot better than, like I said before, here's my latest offer or here's something I'm selling as opposed to here's something I'm doing, um, you know, come along for the ride. I think what you're saying here is something that's uh, huge, uh, and I don't want to un undermine it. Uh, I think, and I'm sure you're you're aware of it yourself, is all this content that you've been putting out there, people are starting to build a relationship with you, even though they don't know you uh, personally. And so that's why they're liking and more engaged with that kind of content that's, hey, I'm in an airport, or, hey, look, I'm going for a walk with my dog. Uh, and this is building that. And for sales, it's huge to have that relationship because people want to do business with people they like, know, and trust. Exactly. And, and that's you know, it's what blows my mind about why social is such an important activity. And I, again, never ever am I here to sort of say, do social over cold calling. I'm all for use them all appropriately and, and properly. But as you said, social is one of the most powerful platforms to help connect with people at that level. Um, you know, it's, it is, it's so important, you know, and especially in a day where we've probably got more choice as buyers than ever before, you know, our customers, there's more competition out there. They're able to decide 
without any sales interactions now. We can pretty much answer most of our questions. We can see all the competition, get prices without ever having to speak to someone or meet someone. It's, it's become an even more crucial time to find different ways that you can help get that competitive edge over, over everyone else. And you can make those human to human connections through social media, you know, not only are you more likely to win the sale in the short term, but you're going to build stronger relationships that can then last longer, which, you know, is, is the ultimate goal in sales. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what, if somebody was to start out now, you said that uh, LinkedIn is, has been the best platform for you. Would you recommend that going forward to, to other people as well? Or would you recommend that they try other solutions and why? Yeah, okay. I guess there's two, two things I'd, I'd suggest. It depends on what you're selling. Uh, so if you're selling B2B, then LinkedIn hands down is going to be the place to go. But your ultimate definition of which platform to use is which ones your customers are using. So or your prospects are using. So the first thing that I would always recommend doing is do some, you know, customer prospect research and look at what social networks they're most using. You'll probably find they're using either all of them or a few of them, not just one, uh, of which case, you know, leverage, leverage the ones that they're on. Some will engage with you via Twitter. I do get some business, small amount, small percentage through Twitter. I get small percentage through Facebook, a small percentage through Instagram, um, and, a, and a bigger percentage on LinkedIn. And for different people, for different products, different industries, a different network may be the, the sort of majority uh, provider of, of opportunities. But as with anything in sales, it's customer-driven. Look at what your prospects and your customers are using, um, and then you know leverage those as best you can. Equally. Find the platforms you're most comfortable at using. I, I see a lot of people, you know, you might have a lot of customers on Facebook, but, you know, different personalities gel to different platforms. And you may find that you're able to generate equal results through other networks as well, if you're better suited to it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you using different kind of tools uh, to manage this? Or are you manually going on and po posting each one? Uh, no, so I, I use and have pretty much since the start, I use an auto-scheduling platform. I used Hootsuite for the first year and a half, uh, and I now use Buffer. Um, I moved to Buffer primarily because the demand for content uh, started to get really high, and they had the best system and package to, to sort of schedule a little bit further in advance um, across more streams. Um, so yeah, Buffer for me works great, and I can schedule a week, two weeks, three weeks, I mean, any duration of time ahead depending on what I've got coming up. And it just, you know, guarantees for the daily sales, especially the daily sales is all scheduled content uh, that I will create. And like I said, usually scheduled on a Saturday or a Sunday for the week ahead or, or further. Um, and it just means that content goes out whilst I get to go and jump on stage and deliver a keynote or go and spend the day with the company and, and deliver training. So scheduling for a business who wants to grow their business presence is, is, is important. And even for salespeople, if you want to start building a personal brand, you need to be, you know, sharing content on a regular basis. And if you can schedule those one to two bits of content a week or one per day, again, it frees you up to carry on making cold calls, to carry on going to meetings, etc. And you've got social working in in the background. All right. So with with Buffer or actually any tool I found uh, in on LinkedIn, you can't tag people. And so 
how has this affected the way that you write your posts and, and you deliver your content? Yeah, it's, it's a really good point. It's so all of the content for the daily sales, I don't, I don't tag people in. Tagging people is an interesting one as well. It is very easily overdone. Um, I think, again, as with everything social, it's all about balance and variety. So I would warn people that if every post you do, you're tagging in 5, 10, 15, 20 people every time, it will help you generate some short-term numbers, but it really it becomes where you try too hard. Uh, and it can be often seen as, I don't want to say death, death, desperate, but it's you are literally trying to get engagement. And I think you don't need it. Create good content. You don't need to tag people in. There are times where it is suitable. So I might uh, refer someone to a book and I'll tag the author in. Or I'm going to refer about a conversation I've had with someone. So I'll tag the person in to sort of talk about that conversation. Um, so yeah, you will need to do that manually. But again, if you've got you know, a blog being shared on Tuesday, you've scheduled a, a photo or a quote to be shared on Friday, but on Wednesday, you had this conversation that you want to share, then yes, you know, at least you've got already got content going out either side. Um, and you can just go in when it's fresh in your mind, write the post, tag them in and, and share it live. There you go. What about hashtags? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, you're on it with the questions today. Hashtags uh, obviously got introduced into LinkedIn this year. Uh, which is, it always makes me laugh. LinkedIn are quite late to the social media party. They introduced video quite late last November and jumped on the hashtag bandwagon this year. Um, me personally, through experience, trial and error, I've not seen hashtags make any difference uh, to posts. So I've seen some posts do worse with hashtags um, or no different than you know with or without hashtags. So again, similar to what I said to, about videos earlier, next year, if... LinkedIn choose to push it, then they will align the algorithm much greater to hashtags that, you know, content with it uh, generates more and it becomes a more important function. Right now, from my personal experience, um, you don't need hashtags, but it's certainly worth learning them, getting used to them, do some posts with them, some without. Um, and just for me, it's always look at the numbers. So when you start to see posts in your feed and they're getting the big numbers of likes and comments and stuff if they've got hashtags then you're starting to you know you'll start to know that it's uh, time to start using them all right good i've got two more questions for you yeah, yeah one is when you say you're putting a blog post are you actually linking it back to to your own uh website good question again really good question um I, I personally, for most, pretty much all the time, I post it on LinkedIn directly. But pretty much, well, all of my blogs were originally written on LinkedIn. And then what I will usually do is copy and paste the ones that I, I choose to, and I will then put them and publish them on the daily sales website and then reshare them at a later date. Um, you could do it the other way around, publish it on the website first, drive traffic to that, and then rewrite it or republish it later on, on LinkedIn. Okay. I, I wouldn't suggest an either or. Um, you know, it's there are benefits to both. LinkedIn's always going to push its own organic content further. So whether it's a video, where you know you can put video on YouTube and share it on LinkedIn, but LinkedIn won't push it as much as if you you know you know organically upload it into into LinkedIn. The same with the blog and, and things like that. So again, it's not one or the other. It's you know just do them both. Okay. Last second question. The, uh, how often are you, uh, recycling your content versus new content? 
Yeah, I mean, with the daily sales, I think uh, every week there's usually 40 to 50% recycled content uh, and equally the same for, for new content. Um, and there is literally zero difference in numbers. So I may have shared a post 10 times and it will still do the same numbers each and every time it's reshared because the audience is going to grow. Even as a, an individual, your audience will grow between the time you first share it and the next time you share it. I would obviously not suggest you you know share it monday and then reshare it on wednesday but I, I tend to try and give at least six to eight weeks before i reshare something um for me personally i don't reshare too much actually as a, as, a, as you know on my personal profile uh, it tends to be pretty you know fresh organic content um but the daily sales and for a company page uh yeah i would put it on a at least a six to eight week cycle and it just it gets easier, you know, the more content you create, the easier it gets to, to recycle. You can then stretch that period of time out longer, the more you can sort of put in. But obviously that takes time to get to that place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. What, uh, what one tip do you have for everybody listening to, to, to get started that you wish you knew when you started? Ooh, learn, learn. And, and, you know, that's not something to say I wish I had. I mean, to be fair, there wasn't as much, uh, educational content out there around social selling when when i started um there's obviously a lot more now so yeah obviously with anything learn it practice it master it and then you'll start to, to win with it so you know connect with all the social selling linkedin thought leaders out there there are, are some great ones um follow them read their content read their blogs go to their websites etc watch the videos on youtube um you know just immerse yourself in that sort of base level education and then if and when the time is right get some proper training learn how to do it properly and then just practice do it do it do it um and yeah surround yourself with people that can help support that journey again i had to do it through trial and error which is always a more painful process i you learn great from it but um yeah, obviously, if you have the opportunity to, to surround yourself with people that can help you with that, speed up the process. Well, I think that's a good segue to to close this conversation because if if people want to learn how to do this, there's, there's nobody better than, than you, uh, I think, uh, as far as on the sales side and social selling. So how could people reach out to you? Yeah, so please do uh, connect with me on, on LinkedIn. I, I've always had a very open uh, mentality. I will connect with anyone and everyone. However, I am getting very close to my 30,000 connection limit now on my, um, my page. So uh, it may get to the point where, you know, it will have to be followers until I uh, find a better way to, to filter through that. So, yeah, follow me, connect with me. Um, you know, I'm always trying to put as much content out there to help with social selling uh, as possible. Check out the daily sales. I put as much overall sales help content on there um as well as social selling content and uh probably new year i'll be fully launching my website which will be danieldisney.net um and i'm going to try and pack as much content whether it's online courses resources etc around the wonderful world of social selling onto that so do keep an eye on that and uh, hopefully you'll see it progress into something ready for the new year Great, Daniel. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. And I'm sure everybody here will have to listen to this three, four times to, to take it all in. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. To contact Adam about consulting services or speaking engagements, visit StartupSalesPodcast.com or email StartupSalesPodcast at gmail.com.
Okay, let's finish things off with the final five, uh, cool. which I'm going to have to append uh, because it's a little different. But you you were in sales uh, more so, uh, so we'll get to that as it comes. Number okay. one, what is your favorite sales or leadership book? Oh, do you know what? My favorite sales book is a book called The Extremely Successful Salesman's Club. And it's by an author named Chris Murray. He's actually a UK-based author and uh, someone I can uh, call my friend now, which is, is amazing. And I have read 50-plus sales books. I've got pretty much all the ones that everyone generally knows and enjoys. Um, some of the great books from some of the great ones. And they're all great books. For me, uh, The Extremely Successful Salesman's Club stands out massively because it's got everything you need to know about genuine successful selling, um, but it's packed in an amazing, engaging story. So it's not a, here's how you sell. It's this journey between uh, an uncle and his nephew and him teaching him these lessons around being the most successful salesperson ever. Uh, so it just enhances the messages so much. So it's enjoyable to read. It's content outstanding. So yeah, my top, top recommendation for a sales book. Excellent. It's always nicer to hear it through story form than just like, okay, do A, do B, do C. Yeah. 100%. All right. Do you uh, have somebody that you follow or, or, uh, or read for sales and leadership ideas? Um, one of the favorite people I enjoy following, uh, certainly from a leadership perspective and from a core sort of sales message is Simon Sinek. Um, you know, sort of leading with why I, I did a blog about selling with why it's the same principle you know just having genuine intentions and being able to connect that with your prospects or your team whatever it may be so you know his content i could listen to him in in any podcast or talk or watch any of his videos over and over because a god the way he communicates his messages the way he talks is just brilliant um and you know his messages his writing is is fantastic so yeah i mean he i think he is quite high up on a lot of people's lists um and for good reason Yes, absolutely. Especially even before his, uh, his famous uh, Generation uh, Y or Generation <laughs> X uh, video. That was Good. great. I love the yeah, Millennial video. It was brilliant. It uh, struck all the right chords. Um, <laughs> he's very good at what he does, you know, and that's good. He, there, is, there are some people in that space that, you know, unfortunately don't have as much to offer, whereas he genuinely does. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. Good. Are you available 24 seven or, um, or do you have strict personal time boundaries? Very good question. Generally, yes, I'm a 24 seven person. I will, you know, happily respond to someone, um, you know, late at night, early in the morning, you know, if it's, if it's suitable and if it's necessary, um, I do have key times that I take out. So like yesterday, it was my son's birthday and we were out all day and you know the phone was away that entire time and I will spend it with him. So I will make sure family and friends you know, have set time, um, but it's not strict in the sense that you know every night I get home and it's switched off between you know seven and the morning. I, I, I will be flexible um, and I'm flexible with the family. So I just try and keep balance. Excellent. It's important. Um, I don't know if you're currently still using it, using these kind of tools, or, or but back in the day, uh, what is or was your favorite tool used for sales? Yeah, very good question. Uh, to be fair, I've always enjoyed using a CRM. They're tough. They they take time. Don't get me wrong. But like with anything, you reap what you sow, and the more you put into it, 
I don't have the best memory, uh, you know, naturally. So having a system where I can store notes and, you know, keep track of things has been always has been a huge part of my uh, of my sales career and something that I still use to this day. Uh, and, you know, it helps me ensure I give the best service to, to my customers. So, yeah, CRM. And there are so many options out there from free ones to obviously you know, paid ones that, that operate better for, for bigger teams, et cetera. There is pretty much a CRM, I think, for everyone. And I've worked with quite a lot of them. So there, there are CRMs built for startups, for entrepreneurs. There are CRMs built for small you know, businesses, CRMs built for medium and large ones. So yeah, they're, in my opinion, experience, when used right and managed right, uh, amazing tools. What are you using now? Uh, Hootsuite at the moment. Hootsuite. So I used uh, Salesforce uh, last year, um, Dynamics a few years before then. Um, I've had to play with Pipedrive. I mean, they're all great. Um, you know, as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you know, working for myself, ultimately, Salesforce is quite expensive for that, same as Dynamics. Um, you know, Hootsuite is, is really good, really engaging. But I always, always look to try any CRM that I can. Just, again, being in the space that I'm in, it's, I like to know all the options out there and you know that way i can help people find the best ones for them yeah good last question what one piece of advice do you have for other founders and sales leaders out there um be genuine i honestly you know put a lot of my success that you know i have now through the fact i am genuinely driven and passionate about sales and genuinely driven and passionate about helping salespeople or people sell and that is rooted in my core. That is like a fire burning inside me, you know, and for me, that helps me create the content I create that helps me deliver the talks that I deliver, deliver the training sessions that I do because, you know, there is that pure energy source. I'm not trying to just sell a product, um, you know, that I perhaps don't care about. It's things that, you know, I am really driven by. So for any entrepreneur, startup salesperson out there, you know, and it, you can tap into it, something you have inside you, find that genuine, you know, I want to help people with my product or service, my business. Um, let that be what fuels you through all the interactions you have. Connect with people on a human, genuine level. You don't have to go in there and tell them that your product's the most amazing thing in the world and, you know, throw features and benefits at them, but connect with them, listen to them, you know, hear what, you know, what problems they have. And if you can solve it, if you can't, don't still try and sell your product if they don't need it. Just be comfortable with yourself, be genuinely driven, and um, yeah, just tap into that that sort of passion you'll have deep down. We all have it. That's why people start up businesses. They're driven to, to take an idea or, or a product or service out there, and, and that should always be the fuel that, that drives you. Absolutely. Be genuine. Daniel, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.